Kia ora everybody, good morning. Yes, this is it. <laughs> Can you hear me alright everyone? Thumbs up, excellent, alright. This is it, here we are. The last of the, um, of the series, the last part of our series on the Sermon on the Mount. It's been a long and fascinating journey I think since we started in August last year with Lloyd um, taking us through the Beatitudes and it's... Uh, it feels like the right time. It's a. It's been a big week. We had the biggest budget day that maybe New Zealand's ever seen, and I think more importantly for for us, it's um, the transition from lockdown level three into lockdown level two. Um, Changes in the air, so it feels like a good time to be finishing this series today before we turn to a new topic. Um, but I've really loved it. I've loved this kingdom living in a broken world series it's um if you've joined us recently here on zoom you can find a gold mine of wisdom and encouragement in the uh, podcasts on our on the urban vineyard website or wherever you get your podcasts and i highly recommend that you go and have a listen back to them blessed are the poor in spirit the kingdom of heaven is theirs blessed are the gentle for they shall inherit the earth and blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Do you remember all of that? <laughs> it all started at the beginning of uh, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount. Now, as Lloyd said uh, at the beginning of the series, this is the center of Jesus' message. It's like his manifesto on kingdom life. So that's what it's all been about. Well, that's what we've been looking at for the last few months. So I'm curious to know what your favorite, what was your favorite part of this series? What's, um, is, is there something that has stuck in your memory or what's, what does kingdom living in a broken world mean to you now? So feel free to put your answers in the chat and I will occasionally check in there and see if uh, there's anything and, uh, for me to read out. So yeah, what's, what's been a favorite moment or memory in this series for you? Um, for me, as I look back, what keeps ringing out is this uh the is the heart the idea of the heart the picture of the heart it's and that's what this final bit of scripture today's scripture i think is um really about as well this final part of the sermon it's about taking jesus words not just into our heads but into our hearts now the sermon on the mount was probably a summary of many of jesus sermons a sort of a, a distillation, the heart of Jesus' good news. And it's also about, it was Jesus teaching in the midst of this incredible time. It was in the midst of people being healed, people being raised from the dead, uh, water being turned into wine. And they were these life-changing moments of God's kingdom breaking into the world. And that's why Jesus goes up a hill to address this huge crowd of people who are following him. It's, it's not just um, a good teacher teaching in the temple. It's um, happening, the Sermon on the Mount is happening in the middle of this, um, this, this revival, I suppose. And uh, he says, this is what the kingdom of God is. And he says, this is how you can live a kingdom life. He's not saying, here are some good ideas. But he's inviting us to follow him, you know, to taste and see what he's bringing into the broken world. So his words come with actions. It's a scary thing though. 
it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, but it's also scary. It's a scary part of the Gospels because Jesus is really turning up the volume on what it means to, uh, in, as we say in journalism, to comfort the afflicted and to confront the comfortable. I think that applies to the Gospel as well. Do you remember that teaching from Pete towards the end of last year, I think? Jesus says, You have heard how it was said to your ancestors, You shall not kill. Well, I say anyone who is angry with a brother will answer for it. Scary stuff. So many times through his teaching here, Jesus confronts not just our actions, but our intentions and our motives or attitudes. And it sounds pretty scary and confronting. It's like Jesus is, it seems like Jesus is taking Moses' law and making it tougher. But actually, no. As we've seen more and more as we've gone through in this close reading of the Sermon on the Mount, it's actually God saying, it's like God is saying, I'm not demanding that you try harder. He's not saying, I don't, he's not saying I want a better performance. He's saying, I don't want a better performance. I just want you to let me into your heart. So Jesus does call for change. He calls us to reorient ourselves to refocus but not by following stricter laws does that make sense so far i think we're all pretty well versed in that so it's not an unrealistic it's not an idealistic demand that god's putting on us that jesus puts on us in the sermon on the mount it's an invitation where he says just let me love you more let me into your heart let your let yourself Rest and be changed by that unforced, the unforced rhythms of grace. And that's what happens when we invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts, when we invite God into the depths of our simple, true selves, past all the, past all the pretense. Uh, you might remember when Johnny taught us earlier in this series about prayer in secret and when we have a secret hidden prayer life with God we can develop this relationship of openness and that's I think what sacredness is you know when we can be ourselves when we can face those things in our hearts that we'd rather not face that's that's when we can pray as we are and with all our flaws it's, I think, how intimacy with God grows. And it's, uh, it's a challenge. But that's what I think the Sermon on the Mount is about. So it, the Sermon on the Mount takes it's, uh, Matthew chapter 5, 6, 7. It takes about 10 minutes to read. Maybe if you've got some time today, have a quick read back through and see if, there's, um, see if you can remember what we've been looking at over the last little while. It's, uh, it's an invitation to to let God into your, your true self, into your heart. It's, uh, it's Jesus' encouragement to put aside the, the performance. It's a challenge, but it's also liberating. It's a call for our hearts, for our whole life. In many ways, I think, though, it would be easier for us to uh, just carry on being nice people and putting on a good show. But... Listen to those, the, the, here's, here's the crux of today's message, the final verses from the series of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, 
in the message version. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. They're not homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When the storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. So there it is again. Jesus goes beyond the facade. He goes beyond the exterior of the house and he goes to the foundations. He goes to the heart. And, and he is the foundation. He is the solid rock. He doesn't, so he doesn't call us to just understand his words. He wants us to stand on his words. Yeah? We don't just understand them, but we stand on his words. He invites us to, to rely on him, to build our lives, to build our lives on his way and his truth and his life. And he's not demanding, he's not demanding us to, to try harder to do that. We, we, don't, we don't need to build the foundation, right? Because he is the solid rock, so we rely on him and we can rest on him. And these verses, I think, also in a way, they address the question of, they might not answer it, but they do address the question of, why good things happen to bad people and why bad things might happen to good people. The point is, I think, that the storm comes and the storm hits all types of people. You know, we all go through suffering. But there's a difference. When we live a life trusting God, uh, when, we, when we keep up this routine of giving him our hearts, our faith survives, I think. That's when, when that's our foundation, we, we will go through storms and we will suffer, but we don't lose sight of what God is doing in the world. And I think the past few weeks of lockdown have been, uh, they've been a bit of a time of, of storms for many of us in different ways. Uh, I think it's been a time where maybe many of us have had to really pay attention to our foundations, do you think? I, I think it's, uh, well, for, I mean, for Katie and me, it's, we, I think we've been really lucky. It's been, it's been a real blessing for us to have this quiet time together before the big interruption arrives. Uh, but uh, we've loved, we've just loved living a quiet life and, and, and cycling around empty streets. Uh, and I've been able to um, work from home. I've been away from the newsroom, which often has a bit of an atmosphere of stress or maybe and also cynicism. So it's been like a bit of a recentering for me. But I think there's been a bit of a storm as well. Like there's, there's, I've, I've noticed something creeping in, I must admit. Uh, I don't know what you call it, maybe selfishness. It's hard to explain, but I think it's that sense of 
where it's easy to start thinking of God as like a better version of myself. And it's made me realize how much I need you. I, I need church. We need each other. Uh, we need each other to be, um, to be challenged and to be uh, inspired. You know, as Leanne said in communion, there's something powerful, there's something intangible when we are together and 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 we're incredibly lucky to have a, a this um, digital substitute but but isn't there something incredible when we're actually in the room together when we get to sing all these different voices all the same singing the same song so the storm that's what the storm I, th- I think has been for some of us in lockdown there's been this danger I guess for people uh, all around the world to maybe drift away from their church but we really need each other to be able to stay on the solid rock I I need other people to keep me grounded literally <laughs> so I'm fascinated by how upside down the kingdom life is where the foundations, the hidden things the hidden things are often valued over the visible things the foundations of a house are hidden, but that's what makes the building stand. And the roots of a tree are buried underground, but that's what makes a tree grow tall and beautiful. And our hearts, they are um, they're hidden uh, physically and metaphysically. <laughs> They are hidden within us, but they keep us standing tall and beautiful as well. And that's what today is all about. We find the beauty and truth and blessings of God's kingdom when we let God into what is hidden. Uh, there's this director, film director Terence Malick, and he's he's just one of the best most beautiful he makes some of the most beautiful spiritual films i think you'll ever see and his most recent one is called a hidden life and we watched it recently and it's a true story it's based on a true story about a young farmer and his family living a a simple life in a small village in austria in 1939 and the war goes on and he's called up to fight but he's a devout catholic and he so he doesn't want to kill and he will not swear the oath of allegiance to hitler which was required of everybody and he he can't even be a medic without swearing the oath and so he holds his ground and in their tight-knit beautiful community this village the family becomes shunned by all the people who used to be their neighbours and close friends and eventually the farmer is taken and executed for treason because he won't go against his faith. The film is called A Hidden Life and it begins with these lines from George Eliot's novel Middlemarch. The growing good of the world is partly dependent on unhistoric acts. And that things are not so ill with you and me as they might have been is half owing to the number who lived a faithfully hidden life 
and rest in unvisited tombs. You see, we're not alone. You're not alone. We're, we are not alone in this adventure of, of following Jesus. Um, we have... We have a, a we have a very long whakapapa through thousands of church communities back to the Sermon on the Mount, and there have been some well-known heroes in that story, but I think mostly most of those people were uh, just ordinary saints like you, and people who who. Who, the, the people who, who took their turn at the edge of God's expanding kingdom, uh, just like we are now. And even though it might feel sometimes like you're, um, you're just trying to stay focused in a, in a Zoom call, it's, uh, it's good to remember that you are salt. You are the salt of the earth. And you bring flavor to people's lives you're salty when you have God's spirit in your heart and you are light when you have God's spirit in your heart whether whether you know it or not you are noticed uh, in, uh, in the broken world you're, um, you stand tall and beautiful and I think that's what Sermon on the Mount's all about